Hi, you guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bobby Cashone. Hey, Bob. Hey, Dan. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm a little sore, Bob. I didn't do it. <laughs> you and your anal sex jokes. Oh, come on. Um, no, I know. When I came, when I when I got here, you were uh, you were. You were carpeting your garage, mm-hmm. and you looked like a 1988 era Tony Danza with like a very sweaty gray T-shirt. <laughs> like you were just running, and you got home, and Angela was like, "Ooh, Tony, Angela, <laughs> hey Mona." Oh, I might have to add that to my staple. Uh, maybe not yet. Maybe did, not quite yet. Did you happen, Bob? I know you are um, a listener of my other. Uh, far more popular podcast. Did you happen to catch uh, last week? It was completely uh, inadvertent and not planned, but um, Yet Spin came out and people were just going nuts about it. No, are you serious? Wait, I feel like that infringes on our copyright. Uh, it it did, and that's why immediately as I was like, after I said it, I was like, oh, and, but then I got in a couple throwback podcast plugs. Okay. Uh, and everything was great. In fact, while we're on the topic of the Around the NFL podcast, well, we're not, we're barely on that topic. I'd rather okay, we keep going. We you went, guys you guys need the publicity, so make sure you're like <laughs> pushing it on the throwback. We went to London, Bob. I know we haven't talked about that yet. How was London? It, it, it was it was terrible. I hated it. <laughs> no, it was kidding. London was great, and we had a great time, and uh, I'm still kind of recovering from it right now. But. Um, what was great was at the various uh, meetups with the, the, the fans of that show, um, Throwback Podcast fans kind of uh, yeah. made themselves uh, known, which was pretty cool. And uh, in fact, when we had uh, on Saturday, they had a big event at Piccadilly Circus, which is like the Times Square of London. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had these two kind of Q&A shows at this small theater and two of the questions bob for the four of us on the stage uh-huh. were directed just at me which felt good got, yeah, got no, one over on the other guys big ego so that yeah. really helps you and on, on top of it off it was about our little humble garage uh, adventure our here. little indie podcast yeah how about that that's pretty cool do you want to know what the questions were yeah no i do of course yeah tell me uh one of them was uh why do you have so many crickets in your garage? <laughs> Ambiance, Bob. One of them was about Oasis and talking about um, how we have done two Oasis podcasts, which we have. Be Here Now is the first one we ever did. Mm-hmm. Uh, our pilot, if you will, Bob. A little bit of your, yeah, your yeah, business that's what I would call lingo. it, pilot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did What's the Story, Morning Glory. He asked me what's better, definitely, maybe. or And it's always a he. Not a huge female demographic for our <laughs> for either, podcast. How about either of your podcasts? No, no. Although I feel like we're starting to like I connect think we are. with the lady folk. I think ever since we show. snuck Lisa Loeb into that playlist, it's that really helped everything. us out. Yeah. Uh, he has what was better, definitely, maybe, or what's the story? I gave a nuanced answer to that. Uh, and of course, famously, famously, we fall on opposite sides in that one. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm a what's the story guy. Right. Definitely um, fucking piece of shit. Well, come on. Uh, and then the other question I can't remember. And who gives a fuck anyway? <laughs> well, uh, 
first of all, that's very cool. Thank you to uh, all of our throwback fans for pretending to support Dan's other podcast out there. <laughs> that was really cool of you guys. And uh, yeah, stop using uh, our fucking bits on that other piece of shit podcast of yours. <laughs> because what's this? One of the uh, meetups after our Tuesday night live show, we did uh, a, a collection of lads <laughs> talking about the Throwback Podcast. I said, "Sing Angels right now because it's your fucking song, it's your country's goddamn treasure. Sing it for me." And they did. And fun fact, they all killed themselves right afterwards They're because all dead now. they needed to because that's the song they wanted to last sing before moving on to the afterlife. Yes. Uh, it's very exciting. Very exciting. So London was great. The garage, uh, I could smell that that adhesive that I was putting down. But yeah, we're going to be so high yeah, <laughs> in this uh, episode. But now the, the garage is carpeted, which really takes things up a notch here. Um, my back's very stiff. The first sign of being a, kind of an old man is when your back gets stiff. Yeah. And uh, I've avoided that for my life until today. So this is kind of a beginning of the decline type moment for their, uh, well, at least you still have that hot Tony Danza bod that you'll be able to get (laughs) Angela. Uh, Hey Mona, cut it out. My back was bothering me. So last week I had my first ever professional massage. I've never had a massage before. The wife finally talked me into going and getting one. Did you, you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Go to the right type of massage. I went to the wrong place because, uh, the whole time I was like, now, and she just looked at me like, "What's wrong with you?" No, it was don't a normal... act like you weren't surfing rubmaps.com. Rub Rubber maps. <laughs> if, you're, if you're looking for a massage parlor that will end with a uh, a hand job, you need to go to rubbermats.com. <laughs> Let's buy that right now. That's just... why, that's why it never gets like no, uh, found so out weird. by the cops. Why does who anybody would, ever go who would ever go to that site? Um, what were you saying though? First massage, I liked it. I might get another one. I mean, people got to calm down a little bit with the massages. It's a little over the top, but it was uh, it was all right. It's so expensive and all that. It did feel weird that somebody was doing that to me. Like, I felt bad for her the whole time. Is that supposed to happen in a massage where you're just like pitying the person? Uh, I don't think so. Oh. But did you, uh, was she an attractive woman? I never even looked at her. What? I like, Yeah, I had my face down in the thing the whole time. And then when I like uh, rolled over, she like threw something over my eyes. Like through salt in my eyes, like Mr. <laughs> Mr. Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. It was a weird massage, but I liked it. You got a massage from Mr. Fuji. <laughs> That's why. I was going to ask if you got a boner, but uh, I don't think like a 89-year-old uh, <laughs> former wrestling valet uh, would get the job done for You're you. You're so wrong about Stranger that. Stranger things have happened. All right. I sent out a prompt a couple of days ago. Before we get to today, and it's a countdown episode, Bob. Yeah. Uh, the countdown episode is, who gives a fuck? Se- the week of September 21st, 1996. Oh, my God. And let me just say, Bob, um, going through this and, and setting things up before the show, this might be my favorite collection of songs that we've ever done. Oh, I'm so excited. I, uh, I <clears throat> sent you the list. I forgot everything that was on it because I sent you a few different ones. So I'm excited to get into whatever these top 10 songs are. Yeah. But before we do that, I sent out a prompt for a little mailbag, our first throwback podcast mailbag. So I'm just going to go over some questions. Uh, Glenn Michael Smith asks, why don't play more new metal slash post grunge 
Hashtag I'm a dirtbag. Hashtag go fuck yourself. Yeah, we got a great. Uh, it turns out we have a lot of dirtbag and former dirtbags listening. That's great. I like you. Oh, that's I like, awesome. I like that they're self-identifying as dirtbags now. I think we help them with that. Which means if you are a dirtbag, that means you hung out next to Walgreens in the alley and smoked cigarettes yeah. during uh, cl- uh, school hours. And like when it snowed, you would just make snowballs and just throw them at kids who were walking by right. and laughing and high-fiving. And if you were born 10 years later, you might shoot up your school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But in our hour, it was no. like, oh, you just had a nicotine addiction. Yeah, and maybe a pocket knife. Maybe. Maybe. I like this one for you, Dan. This is from Rupish. Uh, which currently broken up band would you want to get back together for one last tour? Assume that you could bring people back from the dead. Uh, ooh, you could bring people. Well, it's got to be the Beatles. You would think, yeah. So you could bring back John and George, and, but but are they all in their seventies still? Well, they're they'll like be, what's going on with John Lennon if he was dead at age forty? Is, is he he's coming 40. back? As like no, he comes corpse? back. He comes back at like forty. A zombie? He's a forty. Oh, he's, back at 40. he's back at forty. But that's kind of weird. The Paul other guys are 70. seventy. Yeah. So there will definitely be some ego problems there, I would imagine. Plus, Paul, uh, John would be resurrected. Yeah. Even more reason to say the Beatles. It's okay. not a, it's not a um, original answer, but it's the one that you got to do. And if you're just talking about people that are alive, obviously Oasis. Obviously. What the, would uh, be yours? Well, I mean, you said obviously the Beatles. I think it's obviously Blind Melon, but... <laughs> Shannon Hoon raising. Shannon Hoon could come back from the dead and the rest of the guys would blind me <laughs> and be like, no, nah, bro. We got a guy. Yeah, I work at a hard. We got a guy, we got a guy off Craigslist. I feel good about it. <laughs> um, when are you doing your Britney Spears first album? Dying to hear your thoughts on Soda Pop. Who called it Soda Pop? No, that must be a song title. Don't you think? Mm, sounds like it might be a British thing. <laughs> Katie Gilligan. You would know better than question. me. Okay. Yeah, that looks like a... Uh, uh, yeah, um, here's a question. I would do the Britney Spears album. I would too. Yeah, that I mean, a, obviously, it was a I, huge album in huge. our lifetime. I don't think either of us owned it, but there were so many songs that we would know, kind of like the Corn album. Hey, Dan, here's one for you from Ryan Broders. Uh, do you guys know who the Tragically Hip are, Dan? Oh, I do. Do I ever, Bob? I uh, had a Canadian uh, girlfriend, as you know, Bob. In I like that she's been upgraded to girlfriend in retrospect. I mean. She she kind of was kind of was in the fact that we we talked on the phone like almost every day for a period. Wow, yeah, that, and yeah. then we um, we traded visits to each other's country. So yep. she was kind of somebody. At the very least, we were kind of we were seeing each other. Yeah, you were seeing but, each but other. But if you're seeing each other and it's it's uh, transcontinental, mm. then I feel like you have to put the label on it. <laughs> Even if we, we weren't we, exclusive. We should call her right now and let her know that she was your girlfriend back in 2004. Her name was also Kirby. Her name was Kirby. Yeah, which, is which what? I'm comfortable saying at this point in my life. I'm in a different place. <laughs> um, so it's not like I, I, I feel like uh, that that I can't bring up her name. Um, but Kirby... Um, is also, by the way, for the record, the name of my dog. That's true. That's very true. Kind of named after this girl because when uh, we got this cute little female dog, we're trying to think of a name... And at one point I said, how about Kirby? And my wife was like, no, that's not, that's a boy's name. I was like, no, Dan actually hooked up with a girl uh, named Kirby from Canada. Apparently it was his girlfriend, but <laughs> anyway, uh, she was very Canadian and the Tragically Hip were um, one of her favorite bands, if not her favorite bands. So I remember, I remember this vividly because you, her best friend at the time was a girl that you were 
legitimately, you guys were a boyfriend and girlfriend. Right. That ended very well. Oh, so well. And um, and you guys, uh, the four of us, like met up in the city, and you guys, I think, went to fuck uh, or screw. There are kids listening. And who? What kid would be listening to this <laughs> podcast? Uh, and I ended up being, I was in Times Square with uh, Kirby, and we went to the old uh, Virgin Megastore. Rest oh, in yeah. Peace. And she essentially um, forced me to buy a Tragically Hip uh, CD. I listened to it. It was fine. A lot of hockey stuff on it, I remember. It like, <laughs> Is it really? Well, and also uh, young Kirby, she tried to like sell that as like a major reason why it's great. And I was like, okay. So it was weird. Hey, Simon Dixon, my job sucks. The girls hate me. My family doesn't love me, and I'm terribly ugly. I feel like I need to do something for myself to cheer up. What should I do? I would say go to Canada and see Kirby. Yeah, go find Kirby. She made Dan feel better about himself. She's still out there. Maybe she'll make you feel good, too. Uh, why do you hate Weird Al, Bob? I'll throw that one to you. I think that one's more to you because this... Uh... I like Weird Al. I don't, I've never had an issue with Weird Al. Weird Al was the first guy I ever saw in concert. <laughs> Weird Al. 1986 with the Monkees. So when you were in Vegas, when you were in um, London, I was in Vegas shooting a pilot, and I discovered that one of the guys I was out there with uh, co-directed Weird Al's uh, Amish Paradise video. Whoa. And, uh, you and needed two directors for that? You did. And, uh, <laughs> was it just like a beat for beat? No, actually, it was just a, it was a badass video. Well, you know, he yeah. came up with like the jokes and stuff, and then he helped kind of execute. But he also, uh, yeah, worked with Weird Al a lot. So obviously, I had a lot of Weird Al questions, and uh, I was very excited. I was basically starstruck by this guy because he knew Weird Al. But uh, Steph has uh, asked us to do a Weird Al episode many times on Twitter. I don't know. Um, I don't know if we will because I think we realized. When did we realize that it's tough to do like something that's funny? We kind of Wait. talked about that. At some point. Oh, Dan's dying. <laughs> oh, our first sneeze, guys! It's our first sneeze on the pod. Ah. It's falling apart. Uh, I don't know. We're probably not going to do weirdo, right? <laughs> Kevin Brown asked last one. What's or unless you have one, Bob? What What's the '90s uh, aughts song that still brings with it a gut punch? From being mentally tied to a failed teen romance. For me, it's Madly, Truly, Deeply by Savage Garden. Great song. Wow. Love that. Uh, I want to hear that story. Well, this question actually, uh, I have too many. And I think uh, we're going to do, do an episode about this at some point. Because I have a couple songs that really that stand really out. Yeah. Drop the Hammer? Yeah. Yeah, I, I could I could say the same thing. One that does jump out to me uh, would be a song we've talked about in this podcast. Uh, How's it going to be by Third Eye Blind? Oh yeah? yeah, that that I only think of our friend thinking that he could sing it exactly like Stephen Jenkins. <laughs> so it it erased all other meaning for me. But I'm glad that you have a more uh, personal <laughs> relationship yeah. to that. Uh, all right, there you go. There's the mailbag. Thank you for sending questions in. If we didn't get to you, uh, go fuck yourself. Yeah, it's personal. Uh, all right. Let's get into it, Bob. Let's do it. Let's go back to 96. That was at least seven years ago, right? 22 years ago. Fuck you. You are dying. Literally, of natural causes. Your back is locking as we speak. I took my pills. I feel okay. Anyway, uh, 22 years ago, Bob, uh, we, uh, we were listening to this music. And this is, when you talk about the fall of 96, this is my favorite Favorite, favorite era of 90s alternative rock. Yeah, we were in like peak alternative at this point. Um, like the grunge had kind of subsided. The alternative was was out there in a big way. Right. 
pre all the shit that was about to come, and it was great. It was a good time. It was the end of the golden era of 90s alt rock. Right. And, uh, but also like in the sweet spot. It ended very quickly, I it guess did. is the way to say it. Yeah. Uh, Bob, here's your choice outside the top 10. Three important rules for breaking up. Don't put off breaking up when you know you want to. Prolonging the situation only makes it worse. Tell them honestly, simply, kindly, but firmly. Don't make a big production. Don't make up an elaborate story. This will help you avoid a big tear-jerking scene. If you want to date other people, say so. Be prepared for the boy to feel hurt and rejected. Even if you've gone together for only a short time and haven't been too serious, there's still a feeling of rejection when someone says she prefers the company of others to your exclusive company. But if you're honest and direct and avoid making a flowery emotional speech when you break the news, the boy will respect you for your frankness and honestly, he'll appreciate the kind of straightforward manner in which you told him your decision. Unless he's a real jerk or a crybaby, he'll remain friends. Popular by Not A Surf, number 27 on the Alternative Rock Charts this week in 1996. Bob, was this the best, and this is actually a loaded category, but the best kind of novelty uh, hit of this era in this genre? I think so. I mean, it definitely is a loaded category. Uh, apologies to Weird Al if we do award it to, to this song. <laughs> Not that. I meant kind of like uh, songs that were kind of spoken word or otherwise just kind of quirky and strange yeah i mean it was doing something not a lot of songs did uh we both loved it i just remember you and i just really latching onto this song and, and the video the video was in constant rotation at yeah. least on alternative nation but i think it also was in the buzz bin for mtv as uh-huh. I recall. that sounds right yeah, yeah it was pretty it was a pretty big hit for them the cheerleader in it we both loved i think i still I, remember her looking at the camera at the end of the video and yeah I, you know, what? 16 years young <laughs> and uh, VHS uh, with a bunch of videos from this era. Yeah. And you know what? That upstairs is private. At oh, night. man. And that was a private place. Uh, my sanctuary that no one should come up to. And that cheerleader and I know each other in a way that she has no idea. Your back would lock so fast if you tried that now. <laughs> I actually tried to look her up online like a creep. Creep. Uh, creep. Creep alert. Creep alert. Years creep ago, alert. Creep alert. I just wanted to see like. Yeah what she was up to fair couldn't find her but yes the cheerleader was <laughs> mega and who would have ever thought not a surf would go on to be a like a very well respected alt like indie band in the early 2000s yeah like let go is an incredible though. album let this go's album a- was not great but let go was incredible yeah they had um a collection of really good songs including one of my favorite songs of the aughts um a, the single off that that 2000 mid 2000s album uh, always, always love, love yeah. which is one of my favorite songs, uh, really of the last like twenty years. Yeah, I great album. Maybe song. we'll do that album. That'd be fun. Nobody will listen. No. Can I just say I love the way the song starts? Yep, start it again.
like perfect power pop pop. But perfect. what makes the song memorable is how he just goes for that note in the chorus, and it doesn't even come close to hitting it. But they like almost isolate the vocals so everyone knows a very kind of nineties alternative. It's the rock perfect move. yell. It's the perfect like snarl. Yeah, it's, like to hit it that perfectly. I don't think I could do it. It's great. It's one of my favorite um, songs from this era. This so this is my choice. It was actually number forty uh, this week in nineteen ninety six, uh, and I remember this was. I used to in that same upstairs where I, it was a private place. Yeah, sanctuary. Yep, yep, is what yep. it was, Bob. Yep. Um, every mm-hmm. night, Alternative Nation, I think 1 a.m. was Alternative Nation. Was it midnight? Midnight. It was midnight. Yeah, so I yeah. had a VHS tape that all it really was was um, Don, Ma- Don Mattingly Yankees highlights and uh, videos from Alternative Nation that I would yeah. record. And I remember getting this one on tape and, and uh, just being so excited because that... And it's also kind of an artifact because somewhat... Somewhat recently, I went to look this up on YouTube. Yeah, and there's no like footprint. Yeah, I don't think this that video. I have as well. I don't think there's like an official video on YouTube for it. I could be wrong, but I remember having trouble finding like a high quality video. Huh. It ain't right, Bob. No, this is great. It's like a Matthew Sweet song with yelling. It's yeah, what, and what's not to like about that? Have you seen Matthew Sweet lately? Lately? Like post uh, the thing he did with Susanna Hoffs? Yeah, you seen him lately? He's a big guy, big man. That's got to be tough to like <laughs> be like the young, like hot rock guy. But I guess you had you had a good moment. Right? You had a good moment. I'll, I mean, come on. Would you take his life? Take his life overall? Right now? Right now? I don't know what his life is right now. I know, but you're also giving up your life. You have to say no right away, Bob. The answer is no. I, I was just trying to figure how about, out. How about I don't, Heather? But what bro? if he has three kids? I know Heather hates our fucking podcast. Hates this podcast. Doesn't mean that you're going to be old, fat old Matthew Sweet instead. <laughs> I don't know, but fat old Matthew Sweet and fat old Bob Castrone. I don't know who's winning. I don't know who's winning the battle. <laughs> I have a soft spot in my heart for fatties as well, Bob. So I don't have a problem with Matthew <laughs> Sweet chunking up. Uh, and, and being a member of the Chunky Club, but like, it's just surprising when he shows up and he's, oh, what's up, Matt? Kind of looks like Michael Moore. All right, here's number 10. I can do it to you gently. I can do it with an animal's grace. It's September 1990. I can do it with a taste. But either way, either, either way, I want to kill you. I want to blow you away I can do it to your mind I can do it to your face I can do it with integrity I can do it with disgrace But either way, either way I want to kill you I feel like I'm like on the uh, Twin Towers cleanup crew Oh, come on It's just like I have so much residue because I was do, I was grinding Bob like dust dust in this garage putting down this carpet, kind of masculine when you think about it. Um, but it's all up there. It's in the nasal cavity. <clears throat> I think it's in the lungs, Bob. This could be a problem. I'm offended that you would compare your carpet laying to the greatest tragedy our nation has ever faced. Um, that Apologies. said, that said, you're probably right. 
It's probably the same level. We should probably put this carpet on the board just to, you know, be safe. Yeah, put the carpet and the dust on the board. <laughs> just put uh, it on there. Well, while, Angry Johnny by Poe, Bob. Yeah, you were outside hacking up a lung while we were listening. Well, I was listening to that. Yeah. I liked Poe. Poe had like two or three good songs off of this album. And she was like, Was her cool. name Poe? Her name was Poe. I don't know what her real name was, but she was Poe. That's a pretty bad name. She was cool. Was she... I, hot. I remember her being like weirdly attractive. Was she hot? She was like PJ Harvey kind of hot. Oh, so kind of dark, mysterious, a yeah. brooding. Maybe not, not you know, totally on board with the, um, you know, shaving scenario. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. But like when you're 16 and you're just like, ooh, she's different. It was exciting. I ha- actually don't have any real memory of this song. It wasn't big. Don't think this made the buzz bin. No, this was more like 120 minutes level of uh, popularity. What was the buzz bin? Is that what Hot Hot Heat ultimately uh, killed? <laughs> they, they killed it. They killed the buzz MTV bin. MTV tried so hard <laughs> to get Hot Hot Heat to break in like good 2000. Night, good night. You're <laughs> embarrassing me. <laughs> All right. So that was Poe. Number 10. Oh, boy. Here we go. Number nine, Bob. You know what this is. All right. Immediately. gotten criticized in some circles, Bob, for not having uh, documented enough uh, African-American artists. What circles? Was this the other question in London? Punishing. Punishing criticism for this podcast. But I feel like we're covered because this is B.B. King on the sample. (laughs) Safe. Safe. Not on purpose. Safe. How many uh, black artists, Bob, have we covered on this podcast? Kanye? Why, Clef? Oh, man. Clef? Um... I think we got to mix it up a little. We bit. haven't done Hootie, but we might. Uh, yeah, okay, Hootie. We'll, we'll count it. We'll count Hootie. Uh, I guess in the delete in the episode we lost because of that SD card. Seal had a, a song on there mm. that ultimately probably saved our careers. That our Seal discussion was not heard by the masses. It was a very funny, very um, aggressively uh, what, inappropriate conversation what about else? Seal. Yeah, we, we got to do more. We got to do more. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I've, I've never claimed to have great musical taste. I just I like the things that I like. Mm-hmm. And this song, a lot of people say, "Oh, this is an example of a cheesy '90s song." This song punches me right in the dick heart. <laughs> just <laughs> the heart the, of your dick. Yeah, just like the your throbbing <laughs> dick heart. Just, it just for some reason, and maybe it's just um, nostalgia. Or just, just I'm wistful when I hear it, and I'm uh-huh. thinking of 1996. But maybe it's just I love Cable Guy so much. Just a great underrated dark comedy. <laughs> it really is. Um, but this song, everything is just like in its right place for it. It's a perfect song. Yeah, Even the piano. Listen to this. Here it is. 
course, this is standing outside a broken phone booth with money in my hand. If you are not aware of what the song title is, you're not a true 90s guy. Yeah, you're definitely born post-1997. This, uh, yeah, anybody who doesn't like the song, like, seriously, fuck yourself to death. Go fuck yourself in the in the dick. To death. And, and I, then you can never screw again. And my beating dick heart will rise above you and just spurt out. Did you say your rising dick heart will rise above you yeah. and spurt out? Is that when you, it was gonna you, spurt something. you pulled you pulled the parachute? In. You were so deep already. <laughs> you should have just followed through on it. I was on my way, but then you started. Uh, no, fuck yourself because this is good. And it's it's novelty-ish, like not a surf. Hey, Bob, you're triggered right now. Don't you think? Don't you think it's kind of like this could be considered a novelty song? Yes. So I would put this in the category. I would too, but... I don't think that 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 detracts from what it is. It has a great sound. It's perfect. Yeah. Like uh, popular by Not A Surf is a memorable song. Uh, And the video, you know, I I have an intimate, intimate uh, connection with the video. (laughs) But we didn't need that. We got it. We got it. We got it. It's not a good song. It's just the chorus is great. If that chorus was I mean, part of the, the song, chorus, let's calm down a little bit. It's very simple. Like we could have wrote that chorus. That is true. But um, I think th- I think uh, the primitive radio gods actually had. That's a great piece of music. I'll I'll stand by that. Bob. Stand by it. You and your dick heart. All these stand people. right by it. All these fucking assholes that are. Like, I don't know where you're going. That you have people like, that oh, have strong opinions. Oh, about you that like song. the primitive radio gods song. How about you listen to Pavement? You know what? Go <laughs> fuck yourself. Well, how come I can't listen to primitive Radioheads and have the feels? Why do I? Why? Why should I have shame for that? Now I, just, I feel, now I feel like it's definitely something Dave Damashek said to you if it was Pavement. <laughs> well, I, I love Dave, but Dave, I've always I've told Dave that he's a music snob, um, like a you know hipster music fan. That that is something that Dave would say. He would mock that song. And then say, go listen to Built to Spill if you really want to be a man. I'll be like, all right. But I actually, this song makes me feel good. Yeah, I get it. Why not both? Why not both? Speaking of. Is this podcast getting grosser? (laughs) Probably. I'm gonna answer. I'm gonna answer your question. Yes, it's getting grosser, but it's not our fault. We are listening to the songs from our 16th, from like the fall of our what is it, sophomore year of high school? No, junior year. Uh, we were going into our junior year. Yeah, 16 years old. We were disgusting. So any nostalgia that comes from listening to these songs, you have to remember. We were hornball 16-year-olds. Yeah, I was thinking about that. We both have two sons, and um, that will be interesting because <laughs> once they get to that certain age, around 13 or so, 
um, you want them to to have those same type of feelings it's because very that's normal. very normal. Yeah, of course. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, dude, what are you doing upstairs? Yeah. Why, why are you in a sanctuary? <laughs> I guess you just got to kind of look yeah, the other way. You just got to look the other way. You know what's going to happen. Right. Like You'll know all the warning signs. Otherwise, you just you, they keep it all inside and then they go like shoot up a school or something. Yeah. You, you need to have that release. Yeah. Literally. Or they, get, or they get into some like weird fetishy thing because like it's all forbidden. Right. And you bring that up, Bob, obviously, because of the great Shirley Manson. Well, you brought it up, but I am I'm continuing the thought. And oh, yes, stop it with Shirley you trying Manson. to bail out of your uh, commentary and putting it on me. Well, no, you literally brought it up. I'm agreeing with you. And now I'm going to go further and say Shirley Manson was one of the most frequently thought about um, females in that era for me. Are you a politician? Yes. I did not have sexual relations. I definitely did not have sexual relations with Shirley Manson. <laughs> However, that doesn't mean I didn't think about it a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is this where we want to go with this episode? It just gets so disgusting no, with it. Shirley, Shirley Manson is definitely on. She was um, so sexy. Yeah, the hot chick, um, Mount Rushmore uh, of the 90s. But the song itself, like she, what made um, Garbage a really fun band was that they Butch Vig Butch Vig who was I guess the brains behind the operation on some level at least musically um, they leaned into it yeah it's like we have this the Scottish siren yep who's kind of a badass and um, she's kind of mysterious and sexy and let's Ow. just have fun with that yeah so good for them we, we thank were, you they marketed that band toward 16 year old boys like us worked Duh, winning. No, no, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, man. Charlie <laughs> Sheen. How yeah. about this one, everybody? Ready? You fired. No, no, we Ooh. can't do that now. Yeah, it doesn't feel right anymore. Oh, no. That's the, what gets me the most mad about Donald Trump is that you fired was kind of a fun thing to do, <laughs> and we lost it. We lost it. That's really the worst thing he's done. That's the tragedy <laughs> of the uh, <laughs> Trump presidency. Speaking of novelty songs about it. A lot of, is a lot everything of a novelty song? Is everything a novelty song in 96? I mean, this is, right? This is, this this is, is ridiculous. This, this is a ridiculous is, song by ridiculous people. Is Winona's Big Brown Beaver coming up next? Exactly. Let's listen to the butthole surfers, literally. I was Sharon, and Sharon got Sharia. She was Sharon, Sharon's outlook on the topic of disease. Mikey had a facial scar, and Bobby was a racist. They were all in love with Diane. They were doing it in Texas. Tommy played piano like a kid out in the room. called the Butthole Surfers could make the top ten. Take that, Diarrhea Planet. <laughs> Fuck you, Diarrhea Planet. Uh, I don't I'm trying to think. Like I really like the song. I hate those guys. Oh, I really don't do. even know anything <laughs> about do. them. Um I really liked the song back then and I don't really know why. I'm trying to think I'm trying to listen to it now and figure out what I found appealing about this. Not that it's awful, but I don't it's not good. But I liked it I liked it a lot. It was 
<laughs> it was just very of its time. Yeah. Like, yeah. The spoken word versus give it, and then the, the kind of hooky chorus. Um, I think the band name actually helped them a little I bit. I think so too, like yeah. Played into the weirdness of it all. They also had like a good reputation for being this underground band, and this was like their breakout song. So if you were like picking up magazines at Tower Records, it would be like the Butthole Surfers Breakout. And you're like, oh, this is a band that's been around and it's cool that this is happening. So you would like read about things like that. Right. Uh, so Pepper Bob by yeah. Butthole Surfers. Off the album Electric Larry Land. Do you remember what the cover art was? It was like a weird cartoon with like a pencil kind of looking guy, right? You're on the right track. It was a, a cartoon, a close-up of an ear and a pencil jammed yes. into the yeah. ear with like blood coming out. Fun times, what's, the 90s. What's wrong with everybody? Masturbated to that too. <laughs> oh, Bob. Oh, Bubby. What number are we up to? Uh, this is number six and every... Episode, Bob, we pick one song to be added to the Spotify playlist. And I'll tell you what. It's going to be tough to get me off this corner. Got an angel on the stairs. It's half you to even care When the lights are up And the sun is nearly gone King of New Orleans by Better Than Ezra off their 1996 album Friction, baby. Are we shifting away from being a Dave Matthews podcast to being a Better Than Ezra podcast? Uh, They've been getting a lot of buzz. I got to tell you. A lot of buzz on these microphones. Here's the difference Dave is entirely a product of his massive footprint in our lives and and the people around us at that time of our lives. Uh, it's ironic, yeah, I know. but also a little bit real. But a little bit real. It's a fascinating little uh, pocket a, of our line. lives. Yeah, we're but, telling something. Um, but better than Ezra, I just unironically love the shit out of 10 of their songs. I know. And this is probably my favorite one. Yeah, this is a really good song. And we play a couple weeks ago, we played uh, the end of Better Than Ezra. It was when they, they tried to do... Oh, yeah. Like the... Uh, I don't know what the fuck it was. You didn't want to think about it. Yeah, it was like a, a 2001... Uh, pop rap song or so, and it was just the end of their career but this was uh, I think peak better than Ezra I don't and I don't remember the song being a big hit I remember it was getting a little play I mean clearly it's number six right here but I don't remember being as big as good or in the blood or desperately wanting uh, I don't think it was but it did very well so it was number six this week in 1996 it ended up getting up to five that's where it peaked mm-hmm. so it was a top five modern rock, rock song and it also got actually to Number 62 on Billboard's Hot 100 Airplay chart. So okay. I, on rock radio, was playing the song. Right. But it was. you're right. It wasn't like a huge hit. I don't know why it wasn't, uh, other than people just seem to never like really want to, you know, 
pound the table for better than Ezra. The name, the novelty name. It all comes back to the novelty. Be careful with the three word names. Yep. Yeah, that, and then, again, going back to the point, people, they'll have their fucking laughs, and they'll say, oh, better than Ezra, nice music taste, dick, but it's like, listen to the songs, what, man! What subreddits are you on, or blogs are you going to, where you're fighting with all these people? No, I just, listen, this, I think uh, people that like this podcast... Sometimes when you try to label it that it's like a 90s um, music podcast, I don't think we want to be painted with that brush. But at the same time, that is kind of maybe the core or maybe the formative music. Um, So the songs that I really loved in the mid 90s, I just I feel passionate about in this one. Yeah, you're protective. You're protective dad. I just want to take this one upstairs (laughs) to the sanctuary, to the sanctuary. Uh, and by the way, we're not a 90s podcast. We go into the 2000s. Uh, Mr. Kanye West, ever heard of him? <laughs> <laughs> Idiots. Losers. <laughs> Racists? Maybe. Oh, yes. I told you, this is an amazing... This is a great list. I don't think we'll ever have a better countdown. <laughs> uh, number five, the Eels. Bob likes the Eels. like the Eels. Let's listen to them. Life is hard, and so am I. You better give me something so I don't die. Before I sputter out. Before I sputter out. Buzzbeard. Oh, it's a great song. Black. Jesus and his oh, Bob. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I kind of you pounded the table. I might be pounding some tables too. Damn, I you love pound this song. your meat, bro. The eels are so good. They're still good. You love the eels. They were great. And you know what? I think I only owned one eels album. It was um, Daisies Through the Galaxy. I like their contribution to the uh, road trip soundtrack. Road trip I knew soundtrack. You were <laughs> what is that kick into the uh, 70s? Goddamn right. It's a beautiful day. I like that. That song. one. Come on. Goddamn yeah, right. It's uh, a pumping day. on the stereo pumping is super that's Supergrass. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But great soundtrack. Uh, I think uh, this is one of those songs where you get a little distance because it was just kind of omnipresent for a brief time in your life. And you're like, oh, I like it enough. But now you hear it again. It's like, this is amazing. Yeah. I, I This is. In my in my like brain, this is in the same category as like the rentals, friends with P, of like having that cool feeling and being like an indie alt hit, but not a lot of people were into it. Love it. Man, so good. And they're still doing it. They had like a new album come out this year. Uh, here's an interesting fact, Bob. Uh, our friends in the UK, 
right around the time where they were just losing their balls and vaginas over uh, Angels by Robbie Williams. <laughs> just vaginas and balls. Everywhere, just everywhere. all over the streets. Just splattering against windows. Uh, gross. Uh, this song was a number 10 hit in February of 1997. Whoa. And Good for them. Bob, this rocketed up the chart. This is a bigger hit than I realized. It was number one on the modern rock charts. Uh, this is September. We're talking by October. It was number one for two weeks. Really? Remained on the charts for 25 weeks. Whoa. And uh, the song's popularity, popularity was also aided by its later use in the British television show Trigger Happy TV. Oh, that's so funny. Do you remember that show? No. That They ended up airing that on Comedy Central. It would fucking kill me. That show. It's like really? all, all pranks and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and Mark Romanek directed the video. Okay. How about that? How about that? Uh, he stated that it was inspired by Mary Mary Poppins, a, uh, a film he had seen as a child. Remember I think people floating. float away, There's right? somebody floating. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Mary Poppins, who, you know, she could get it too. <laughs> Julie Andrews. Emily, 1960s Andrews. Andrews, yeah. Prime Andrews. Dick Van Dyke. Land Pipe. She can get it. Mary Poppins. (laughs) This is if this is your first time tuning in, we're not always like this. I I blame 1996. We actually are always like this, but we don't always talk about it on the podcast. (laughs) That is true. That is the most accurate thing. All right, it's time for some mid period Pearl Jam where fans of that band talk themselves into the catalog. Bob is a huge Pearl Jam guy. Bring it. Bring it on. All right, I'll defend it. Transcendental consequences to transcend where we are. Who are we? Who we are? Trample marks on your souls. Changes all your apart. Seen it. better who uh, forgot how to write a melody about 1994 so it was a bit of a slump at this stage for the great Pearl Jam they were going for something it was really hard for a 16 year old Bob to talk himself into this I did a little bit but it was not easy all right let me I'll take you to task a little bit on that okay so and I'll use my favorite band U2 as an example you say they're going for something U2 in the 90s when they went for something it was a whole different sound, and they were like, we're not making the music we made five years ago. We're doing something totally new. Pearl Jam just sounded like they didn't know how to like write a good melody anymore. I think they were trying like the, the Indian sitar thing that the Beatles ended up you know, actually doing well later in their career. <laughs> because they did. <laughs> did you just like, seg into a, a Beatles history lesson? Well, no, they did. I know. You're right. Of course I'm right. So... Like, you know, I'm the saying, Beatles did well with the sitar saying, later in their career. I'm saying Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam were like, let's give it a go, and it wasn't good. Is that what we're hearing of this, a sitar? I mean, it's very Eastern-inspired. And they ended up doing a few songs around that time, including the song for the uh, Dead Man Walking soundtrack. With Mark Paul Gosler? Nope, that's Dead Man on Campus. Damn it. Dead Man Walking <laughs> with uh, Sean Penn. Sean Penn, yeah. I like comp- Dead Man on Campus better. I think <laughs> it, was, it, was a better it has movie. better legs. It left a big, bigger impact on our culture. This, I gotta say, and 
Uh, you know I like Pearl Jam. I really do. I know. But, but um, this is not great. This is the Pearl Jam, especially when we near the end of high school, uh, you know, last couple of years of high school into college where you would try to talk yourself into Pearl Jam albums. And then this would be the single. Just be like, well, no, this was, you know, we were sick again, 16. This was like prime years of our lives listening to alternative music and no code was just not a great album. And this was the lead single off of it. And I think as much as Vitology was like, fuck you nut fans that we don't want. So we're going to like make songs about how we don't want you to be our fans anymore. This was the album where they were like, all right, now we're really going to throw something at you. And if you're not with us after this, fuck you. Like they went, I get that. They went from yelling, fuck you to being like, we're just going to do a weird ass album. And they lost so many people. Well, I'll give, I'll give them this. They, they pretended to do it on Vitology. Yes. And then put on like a classic rock song in Better Man. So it's like, if you're going to do it, do it. If you're not going to do it, don't do it. But with this album, they're like, we're going to make some kind of different. We're just going to go music. in there and just yeah. do something weird and see what happens. Uh, and I did like, um, they kind of came out of it. I like do do the evolution. That was a, a great they, single. And some, the next yield the avocado was a, album wasn't bad. Yield was a much better album. Binaural wasn't great, but the, uh, Pearl Jam avocado album was good. They did come out of it, but this was, I think them just doing something weird and it was not great. Speaking of something weird. I look up when you see all of you and all of me, fussing stars, some of them they surprise. The bus driver went to write this 4 a.m. letter. The fields of poppies, little pearls. All the boys and all the girls, sweet tooth, each and every one a little scary. I said your name. I wore it like a badge of teenage film stars, hash bars, cherry mash, tinfoil tiara. All right, so I would, maybe the equivalent your love of Pearl Jam is my love of R.E.M. Maybe, yeah. R.E.M.'s probably my either second or third favorite band ever. And I... Uh, New Adventures of Hi- in Hi-Fi, and this is the lead singer, uh, single, Ebo the Letter. E-Bo. E-Bo with... Uh, was it Patti Smith? I'm the chorus. Such a bizarre choice of a first single. This is how you completely... Uh, and your commercial relevance <laughs> but they were so popular and so beloved in the mid 90s still that even a song as strange as this and I like this song but they, it's not a radio single they had wake up bomb in their back pocket and they, right, let, they, they had, let off with this and they let off with this and this is the number three uh, song on the modern rock chart so REM they had so much cachet at this stage yeah. that they could roll out whatever they wanted and they decided to do this what do you think of the song? this sounds so much better to me now than it did then like, again, I was talking myself into it then because I liked R.E.M. and it was cool and weird, but I didn't love it. This is something where when I hear it now, I love it. It is such a cool song. It's a really cool song. And the, the lyrics are very, like, strange and mysterious, and I feel like Stipe was uh, going through some things at this time. It's just, if you listen, and the New Adventures of Hi-Fi album, I feel like one of my favorite or my greatest... This is kind of a fun topic. Your greatest CD uh, or Tower Records trip ever. Mm. Uh, My greatest Tower Records trip ever 
was in, I think it was September of 1996, and I purchased two CDs. I went there with my sister in Nanuet, in uh, Rockland County, where we grew up, and I purchased New Adventures in Hi-Fi by R.E.M., which is one of my favorite albums of the decade, and What's the Story Morning Glory? Wow. That is my... No, you can't top that. My greatest achievement in Tower Records. That's a winner. You can't have top you that. Have you ever pulled like a, a double dip where both albums stood the test of time? You know, the one that popped into my head, which is not even close to the same tier, but it's two albums that I really loved that they don't belong together, but in my brain they always will. In 2000, 2001, going to a Tower Records and buying... Uh, Jurassic 5's quality control, hip hop. Uh, hey, hey, helping, I, helping out, helping I out the pod. And uh, David Gray's White Ladder. Ooh, that's good. So having those two, there's nothing similar. There's no common thread, but those two in my mind are linked. And that was a very successful visit. Wow, you covered the spectrum of that one too. Yeah, I really did. You had like the cool like uh, college hip hop artist of the moment. Yep. And then David Gray, who is kind of like the vaguely underground uh, romantic singer-songwriter from the other side of the pond. Yeah, I really went for it. That White Ladder album, that was... I mean, you want to talk about the Sleep Sex Mix. Oh, that is your Sleep Sex Mix. That whole album. Yeah, it's a good one. See, you... Uh, this is what I thought. You, you sometimes mock me for my Sleep Sex Mixes, Bob. But David Gray, White Ladder, perfect example. Can you sleep to that album? Oh, I definitely. Can you screw... No, 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 nay, make love. <laughs> you can. Look. Uh, so, uh, I mean, what are we talking about here? What are look, we doing here? I mock you, but I've never slept nor uh, screwed you. So I don't know exactly what happens when you when you have play on these mixes. But um, there are, uh, you know, you're not completely off base. That David Gray album, if you were sexually <laughs> active uh, in the early aughts and a college student. Yeah, just that, throw it on. That, that thing was spinning well, back in your then, little disc player. There was a big, like, it was a different era. There wasn't, obviously, streaming services. There was Napster, but that doesn't count. If you wanted to um, hit play some music, you were either playing a CD or playing a mix, which meant you made a mix for sex. Like, you would have a sex mix, right. obviously. So depend- I'm thinking about your doorbell when you're going to Depending tell on, the doorbell story? We've we told did. the doorbell story okay. a while ago. Depending on, like, you know, who the girl was or what the situation was, Putting on a mix was pretty presumptuous. You were safer just throwing on an album. So like David Gray, safe bet. Safe bet to just throw it on. Postal Service, years later, same deal. Yeah. Well, not even years later. Wasn't that in the Couple same years era? Later. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I you know could talk about R.E.M. for an hour. In fact, that might be a fun album to do, Bob. I would love to do that one because we both really like that album. And it doesn't get its uh, just no. credit. Do you Have you listened, by the way, to the... Uh, Adam Scott, Scott Ackerman, REM podcast. I know they I, did a U2 one as well, but have you listened to the REM podcast? Nope. Those guys are a competition. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck those successful millionaire comedic Wait, geniuses. Do they have everything that we want? They're the oh, way no. better version of this. You can't do that. Are we the dime store version? Yes. We're like the indie version. We're an indie podcast, man. This um, album, by the way, this uh, countdown... Not only does it have the best collection of songs, it has by far the greatest collection of songs that start and are immediately great songs. Okay, I'm also going to throw this out there now because I don't know what song is coming up next. Is every song we've done so far basically a novelty song? 
I don't think Ebo the letter is. I think that is. No. It's a little, I mean. It's artistic. It's REM. It's different. I know, I, but. I, I don't put it in. The, you're going to put it in the same place as Butthole Surfers? <laughs> like REM well, and Patti Smith collaborating is not the, the Butthole Surfers. It's not their normal sound. But that's different. I know, but as far as everything we've listened to, it's a little off. With the exception of Better Than Ezra, which just sounds like a rock song. Right. I would say if you were talking about novelty songs, uh, just not a song. I was just gonna. I was just gonna throw out surface. there. Maybe we're 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 overusing novelty to just, and we have to realize this is just what music was in 1996. Yes. And novelty is not even a good word. We just sound like idiots. It's not. There weren't novelty songs. They were just kind of like eccentric, strange, a little, little outside things. the mainstream, like yeah. a little off. Yeah. All right, but here's a, another great song, Bob, that starts out immediately, and you're in. Birded in my hand by Soundgarden. Man, that motherfucker could sing. Such a great voice. This is a great song. Is he the be- is it best voice? The best. Yeah, I think the best grunge. Like voice. in terms of like pure yeah. power and recognizable. You gotta like, wait, bring it back up. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I love this song. This whole album was really good. It, it was, uh, I think, the first album after the Black Hole Sun album, and it had Pretty Little Noose on it, uh, which I, I love that song. And uh, this song, and they had another uh, uh, Blow Up the Outside World. Yeah, like that's that a great song, too. too. So yeah. it was a great singles album. Um, I don't really know their, beyond their singles, but something tells me I might like it because I liked almost every single they ever put out. I had, yeah, I had Super Unknown. I had the album that came out before Super Unknown, but I got it after that. And um, I don't think I ever bought this album, but it, these songs were huge. They're one of those bands that I really liked, but I never, like, they never, I think because I loved Pearl Jam, and then, like, Stone Temple Pilots was at, you know, the same kind of level as Soundgarden. I never, like, fully dove into the Soundgarden love, but I did on their albums and like loved the idea of Soundgarden but I wasn't like a huge fan I would say the the best rock voices of the 90s after Dave Matthews of course obviously Dave number one so Dave, everybody you, you else take Dave out of the mix but then you do second tier to. third tier fourth tier fifth tier we start getting into other right people. because why you know so is, if you t- if you don't take Dave out it just ruins all everybody but uh, I would think, uh, and this might not be a popular vibe, but I would say for me, it's a very close battle between Chris Cornell and Liam Gallagher. The two like 
definitive rock voices. Not the best voice. Chris right. Cornell had the best voice in terms of pure range and, and power, but in terms, Liam had a distinctive voice that was kind of unsurpassed, and Cornell had, uh, in his own way, um, just a unmatched voice. That's my top two. All right. And Dave, number one. Well, so Dave, no, Dave's number one, one yeah, so yeah. yeah. Uh, I got to throw Eddie Vedder in there. As far as... I think Eddie, Eddie, we are. <laughs> no, not, don't do who we are. Wait, is that Andre the Giant? <laughs> uh, oh, it's terrible. You like fame. It's like George Murzon. Um, <laughs> Murzon. Uh, yeah, no, Eddie, I think Eddie and Liam are in that same sort of like, not the best voices, but a very definitive voice for the era. Okay. I, I mean, Eddie better has an instantly recognizable voice, but I think Liam has a more distinctive, powerful voice in its own way. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. It's I'm, a not good, gonna, I'm not, not going to just give you that one. It is a good topic. A, a good pick. Like a yeah. topic. Yeah. Good pick. Wait, pick? I don't know. So that's number two, Bob. Are you ready for the number one song? I think I am. I'm going <laughs> to... Actually, I, do, I have a story about this band that ties into our years living together in Hollywood. Bob. Ooh, I'm excited. Um, you ready? I think I am. You nervous? I'm very nervous. Do you have any idea what it might be? Put yourself in that place, the fall of 1996. Just give it a guess. I'm guessing it's in that world of sublime, but... Oh. Yep. Yes. If there is one thing that will, like, the line you could draw between people who were alive in the 90s and people who weren't, it's this song. This was the fucking biggest song for <laughs> months and months and months. And then it was on the radio for, like, three years after, just every time you turn on the radio. Like, even after it was a big hit, it was still on all the time. It has a lot of cool different parts. Like, it does. I maybe didn't get enough credit. This also becomes a great, like, rock song. All of a sudden, all the asshole Metallica fans are like, yeah, this is this wait, rock. is this new metal? Did 311 kick off the new metal thing? A little bit. Uh, this this actually eventually went to number one on the charts. And uh, on the real Hot 100? No, no, no. Oh, the okay. alternative song chart. And it launched their career. They ended up having like like five huge hits, yeah. including the Cure cover. But also, Amber is the color of your energy. Yeah, that came in. That was their second album, I think. Uh, there was the other big single on this album. They had two big singles. Yeah, what was album. the other one? It was Down, and it was... Uh, oh, this part's similar. I like this part. I like this part. Keep my head in the clouds. It's a fun set. It's not a, a beautiful piece of work. No. But you get why people... 
especially if people were looking for something a little different, and maybe people were starting to get a little burnt. We weren't, but other people might have been looking for what was new, what was coming next. It's just kind of it. If you were Michael Stipe and you put your heart and soul into Evo the letter, and then you looked at the charts and you saw that this was above you, how do you how do you I think know. that fell? I know. Uh, the next single, by the way, was All Mixed Up. Yes, that was fucking tremendous, too. 311 and Sublime had the same sort of audience and the same sound that was just unavoidable for years. Uh, my 311 story is that when we lived in... Uh, Hollywood, our, our next door neighbor, and he's come up before is Galen, uh, and he is a uh, still to this day a, a big soap opera star, super hot dude. Uh, when we knew him, I think he was wrapping up a long run on Passions, which was the the one with the midget and the witches. Remember the, uh, Passions? Yeah, the little person, little person and the, and the witches. Dad, the right. Little person. Excuse me. Yeah, the dwarf. The little, little person. Right, the and, undersized human. And I don't know if I'd call them witches. They were just kind of like differently abled uh, magical creatures. Wow. Uh, they got yeah. You. They got you, Bob. And uh, he then set, he, he leveraged that. Actually, yes, he was still on, uh, on Passions because I remember having a conversation where he's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's next. You know, Passions wrapped up. And then bang, he books Days of Our Lives. Yeah. Which is like the uh, soap opera. I remember talking to him before he went to Days of Our Lives and he was like, yeah, man, it's just been really rough because like they had me playing my evil twin. So I'm just like fucking double, double the work, double the work, man. <laughs> like there's just like so many pages to memorize. We were, <laughs> like, we were in amazing. a cab. He like one night we went to a club and he he took us to this club and, and he had connections because Galen, he was a Hollywood guy forever. And uh, he was earnestly telling us like double the work. And it's just like, Motherfucker, you're right. Yeah, that you makes got sense. Two parts. Don't want to play your evil twin. That sucks. Uh, but um, great guy, Galen. We haven't seen him in years now. But uh, if if by any chance you're listening, Galen, hey buddy, we love you. Come on the Throwback Podcast. Go That'd listen to Adam Scott's podcast. Uh, but I remember um, we had a party at the house, and he was across the street, and he would come over to, uh, to the party sometimes, and he came over, and you know we were having a conversation, and uh, I think three eleven, the song came on. And I don't know, I was just being an idiot. I was just like, ah, these fucking guys. Yeah, like, or they came, I was like, cited them as a band that you wouldn't want to see. And yeah. he went, ooh, you know, hey man, those guys are my friends. Ooh, <laughs> man. That was like a Hollywood crash course. Yeah. Like, you can't just say whatever the fuck you want. No, you got to keep a, it in. A famous act because it might turn out that you're insulting someone's friend. <laughs> and um, our soap opera star, uh, next, day, next door neighbor was friends with 311. I guess that was, I mean, where are they from? From Nebraska, Bob. Whoa. What a weird fucking band they were. <laughs> they were a band from Nebraska that did like reggae, yeah. metal, grunge, rock. I think they're still out there. I think they're still doing things. They've had a nice career. Yeah, they inspired a lot of bands. Like uh, uh, my cousin, Big Al, big fan of uh, the Dirty Heads. You ever hear of them? Never heard of them. There's a whole other genre of 311 sounding right. bands. A lot of shit out there. So they were kind of... Hey, Galen might be listening. So Galen, man, I don't. I didn't mean that. All right, it's time now, Bob. So that's the number one song, and that is the top 10 countdown. Nice countdown. Great countdown. Probably the best one we've done, in my opinion. Uh, and now we're going to have a decision, Bob. This is not going to be easy. Um, I'll let you uh, begin. Okay. I'm just going to throw out the songs that I think are worthy of our playlist. Okay. Songs that are broad songs that are worthy to follow Hanson's Mbop from our corn episode. 
Uh, it's a very, very esteemed playlist. Very esteemed playlist. Um, Soundgarden. I want to throw them in the mix. That's a I great respect, song. I respect for the dead man. And we okay. both really like that song. Novocaine for the soul. Uh, yep. Great choice. King of New Orleans. And nothing outside the top 10, correct? We've, we've decided. Yeah, let's stay within the top 10. Um, I would also throw in. Well, no, we don't need to stay. Anything we played, we could throw out there. Oh, damn. I think we go back and forth on whether or not we're allowed to. Yeah, but if we play it, it should be eligible. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, then I would, uh, you know, I'm not going to throw Super Dragon there. I'm going to leave it those three. And you know what? I'm throwing garbage out of respect for all of the uh, my personal relationship with Shirley Manson from the mid-90s. Are you referring to all the masturbation? Uh, I didn't say that, but, you know, yeah, you, you can take it as you may. Um, are you going to make a pick? You did. That's fun. I like it. That's fine, because I know your heart wasn't in. Just like everyone else, sleeping on Better Than Ezra, Bob, Gus Schoen doing the same thing. So, and I'm just, I'm too tired. It's been a long day. <laughs> I've been laying down carpet all day. Well, you threatened to pound a table. You pounded nothing. No, you pounded nothing. If you, if I didn't have so, so strong feelings about the song myself after hearing it tonight, then I wouldn't have, uh, I would have put up a fight. But this is fine. It's yeah. Great choice. So great this song. will be... Uh, the selection, Eels, Never Came to the Soul. You can uh, get the Spotify playlist uh, by just you know, connecting with our Twitter page or our Instagram. I also have an Apple Music uh, playlist for people who it's not as good. do that. It's and not it's as good. really good. It's not as good. Really well Spotify's better. It's well curated. Uh, and if you want to email us, you have something to say, maybe about your childhood, something bad that happened. Nobody is emailing us about their childhood. Stop Email asking. Email us about your childhood, and we'll give you we, earnest advice we, and or support. We barely check that email account. What if somebody really hits us up for help, and we don't even look at it for like a month? If you don't get back to me within 24 <laughs> hours, yeah. I don't want that. I don't want that on The us. throwback pod at Gmail. Also, you forgot, uh, we only exist because of our wonderful Patreones. Oh. How can you forget them, Dan? Don't forget the Patreones. Yeah, we have amazing people. Support us on patreon.com slash throwbackpod. Great people. Great people. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Bruno, who has who has requested, after sponsoring us for so many months, started a Gmail account to find a lady. Guess what? He's like, hey, uh, stop, uh, stop doing ads for me. I want to keep supporting you guys, but uh, stop talking about it. So I think we fucking got this guy. Oh, he's screwing. He's screwing. Yeah, I think we did it. We did it. Instagram, uh, Throwback Pod. Uh, Twitter, Throwback Pod. Thank you for listening. Uh, We appreciate your support. And uh, yeah, go fuck yourself. It's a weird song. You better give me something. Good pod, good pod, good potting. <laughs>